0: I want to tell you, a which I heard uh, a while back, the story goes like this, very, very interesting story, very, very scary story, but uh, Uncle Bonham, it is a true story, that there was a um, young father that came into his child's bedroom, a young child, and he sees his child has climbed up, gone through the window, and is actually sitting on the ledge. Right outside the window, I guess there was some kind of ledge. And there he is, the child, this young child, is sitting on the ledge. And he's five stories up from the uh, from the ground. So you can imagine the heartbeat of a father seeing his young child. Ooh, obviously, he was innocently doing that. Obviously, he wasn't doing it for any purpose whatsoever. But it's innocent. It's a nice view. It's nice weather outside. Why not? So he calmly, he got his emotions together. He turned to his child and he started talking very, very calmly. And he... And maybe you want to come inside to have some, you know, candy or whatever. Very calmly, very softly. And the child, okay, sure, I'll have a candy, why not? Climbed inside, and that was the end of the story. Father said afterwards, imagine if I would have screamed. Can you imagine I would have walked in it and screamed? Can you imagine? We don't even want to think about it, and one should never know of such a situation. But we don't want to imagine what could have happened, right? The calm that he managed to have at that time was incredible and it probably saved his child's life. That child, by the way, that young girl when it was older, once opened up um I think it was a walk in cupboard or something similar to that, and a, a cat jumped out and she was petrified. She, she she screamed and she ran around the house and she got a muscle schmooze from her father. She, her father said to her, You have to learn to be calm because the fact that I was calm saved your life. So there are many instances in life that things happen to us, that we get, we get, I don't know, we get very, very worked up. We get very worked up in life, right? When things happen to us, we get worked up, why does this happen, why does this happen? We get angry, we get upset, we get frustrated. And what we have to do is learn not to do that. Or, learn to control ourselves if it does happen, okay? I'll bring you an example. Rav Gershon Henach Leiner, the Radzina Rebbe. So the Radzina Rebbe Writes uh, that you know you would have thought that Avodah Zara is not soon again nowadays. Uh, who has struggles with the uh, taiva of the Zorah of Avodah Zara? So the Ratzina Rebbe says that Avedo is very much Nageya, very applicable in our generation. And he says that Chazal tell us, Zikamar and Shabbos, that if a person tears his clothing when he's angry or smashes utensils when he's angry or scatters his money, he's basically as if he was worshipping idols, right? So you see from there, that the Gemara learns out that there's a parallel between getting angry and over Vajra as we've learned previously. Why do we get angry? Explains the Radzina Rebbe. Because things are not going our way. We've mentioned this before. We've talked a lot about this already. And therefore, we want things or people to do as we please, to do as we want, to do as we wish. If they do not, then the foreign God that is hidden within us starts, you know, the ego and, or the self-image all rises and starts to make anger inside out. And we're, we're forgetting one thing. We're forgetting who runs the world. And we're forgetting where everything comes from. And therefore, that's why it's over there void and that's why the Ratzina says that a person has to be careful because this is doimer. The Gemara calls this doimer to That when a person gets angry, it's as if he's worshiping idols. That's a very, very serious thing. That's a very, very chometikazach. Rabbi Nacham Meiri tells of the following story. He says there was once a religious king, religious uh, one of these kings, and uh, he had one big problem. What was his problem? He always got angry. He was a great king. His subjects loved him. He was a very loved fellow. His problem was, and it was a very big problem, he always became angry. That was his problem. So he wanted to overcome this tendency. So what did he do? So he took a piece of paper and he carried this piece of paper with him at all times. And on this piece of paper said three things. And maybe this is a good answer for us. Maybe we should write it on a paper. Maybe we should write it on our phones. Maybe we should have it as a screensaver. Or maybe we should just put it in our minds. This is the three lines that this king wrote to try and control his anger. He knew this was a problem, and if any of us know that we suffer from this, I remember I was once, uh, you know, I was in yeshiva once with a boy who was very, very, very angry. was to get Mumish crazy angry. Now, I don't know if he ever sorted it out. I don't know if he ever worked on it or went to therapy or he, you know, managed to conquer his problem. But if he did not... Then I would be very, very scared to give Shinach information. Baruch Hashem, I wasn't asked. But if I would have been, I'd be very, very scared because a person that's angry can do all sorts of destructive things. It's so important for a person to be on top of his anger. Right? You can you can crush someone's life physically. You can also crush someone emotionally and sometimes emotionally is worse than physically because physically you can always make up and fix but you can't always necessarily make up his emotions and therefore you can have people that you affected with what you say because you got angry for years and years and years will be walking around with a chip on their shoulder or walking around depressed or with no self-image or whatever it is or all of the above because you said something because you got angry you know how careful you have to be a person has to learn to control his anger Okay, now again, the highest level is be never get angry. But uh, no, it's a high level. Uh, we can't expect that on everybody. Maybe we should be working towards that. But our level that we're trying to work on is at least a minimal level to don't work on your anger. So I want to tell you the three levels, the three lines that this king wrote on the piece of paper and he carried with him and he looked at it every time he felt he was getting angry. What were the three things? There was the first line, was that, this is brought down by the way in Seif that the first line read as follows. Always remember that you're merely a creature... And you yourself are not the creator. That's the first line. The second line, always remember that you're flesh and blood and eventually you're going to die. And number three, always remember that there will be mercy for you in the future if you have mercy on others. Those were the three lines that he wrote and he asked his servants, his people around him, always make sure, remind me to take out that piece of paper if I ever get angry. Because when a person realizes those things, those nakudas, who are you already? Who are you are a human being? There's a rabbi nishalayim. You're only here for a limited amount of time. You want mercy? Do mercy on others. There's so much in those three lines that can save a person from anger. Because if you have those three lines in front of you, you will remember and you will understand why you're here and what the limited amount of time that you have on this world can accomplish. And that's what a person should realize. The Revolver, Zatsar, one of the biggest bali muss of our generation, writes in Ali Shah in Chelek Alev, page 42, he says a very interesting thing. You know what he says? And this is, again, this also reveals very much why people get angry. You look at certain personalities. Again, we said yesterday, Chazal tell us, if you want to um, be a friend of someone, you want to, um, you know, sort of look at him and if, envision who he is and evaluate him. How do you evaluate someone? When he is angry. Because that really shows you what's really inside him. So Revolver writes in Ali Shaw, beautiful thing. He says that a person that craves attention from other people means that he hasn't really found himself, he's unaware of his real true worth. It means he lacks self-esteem because he depends on the opinion, opinions of others, he hungers for their praise, because without their appreciation, he feels worthless. And when f- people fail to applaud him, he becomes hopeless, hostile, and then angry. So basically what Revolver's writing, psychologically, where's it coming from, anger? It's coming from a lack of self-esteem. It's coming from a lack of self-worth. Because if you knew who you were and you knew where, what you're on this mission, on this world to accomplish, then at the end of the day, it doesn't bother you if this person says something about you or does something about you. Because at the end of the day, you realize who you are. You're intrinsically good. You are intrinsically good. We've about this many times. There are many layers of our body and our soul. If you would peel off our body, you would come to a beautiful soul. That soul is pure. Now, it may be covered by many layers of dirt from all the things that we've been doing in our whole life, but ultimately it's pure. Now, when somebody comes to you and gives you an insult, I'll just give you an example. Somebody gives you an insult. So people take it very personally. Why do they take it personally? Imagine you came you know, to me and said... To be a true insult. I'm talking about a true insult. That's a, you took it to be true. Imagine a guy comes to you and says, Oh, your tie is not straight. Now, am I going to be insulted? Am I going to be upset? Am I going to be down and depressed? No, it's a tie. It's not right. I can fix it. Here, look now. Is that a little bit better? <laughs> Big deal. Do you know what I mean? It's not me. you did not the same thing about me. Imagine you say you have a stain on your jacket. Okay, I'm really sorry. I leaned over and I got a stain. It's not me. I'll clean it. I'll figure it out. But if you talk about, in other words, if everybody realizes that the insults that they get are not them, we're intrinsically good. We're intrinsically gewaltic. It happens to be we have layers of clothing that might be a little bit dirty. We have a little bit of this middle that's not right. We have a little bit of this middle that's not right. But at the end of the day, it's not us. Intrinsically, we are amazing. We're beautiful. We're great. Happens to be we have layers of clothing that get dirty. When someone insults us and you think of it that way, it won't penetrate you because I'm great. Maybe they don't appreciate me. Maybe I don't appreciate me. But at the end of the day, it's like telling me my clothing is dirty. You're not telling me I'm dirty. My clothing is dirty. I can change that. I can wash it. What's the big deal? That is why people get angry. And that's what Revolver writes in Ali Shaw. And, and, and it goes very deep, this. That's where it stems from. It's, and it's important for us to go to the depths to understand exactly where this comes from. To realize that a person has to understand where everything comes from in order to try and fix it up. Tell him about self-restraint with Adas brings this down. He says that uh, many people love to go to Tzfas, right? Tzfas is a beautiful place. Beautiful, it happens to be one of my favorite places to visit. I love going to Tzfas. If I could go every Shabbos, I probably would, but I don't get the opportunity. Tzfas is a beautiful, 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 beautiful place. I love going to Tzfas. It's just holiness. It's pure holiness. You must him. Pure holiness. So people like going to that Rizal's mikva. Yeah, it's a big thing. You go to the Rizal's mikvah. We all know the water is very, very cold. However, why do people go there? Because why? People generally in our generation don't like doing anything that's uncomfortable. The only way you'll get anyone to do anything uncomfortable is if you put a school attached to it. It's a school for marriage. It's a school to get married. To have a lot of money. All of a sudden, we'll do anything that's uncomfortable. So there's a school of going in the cold water that Rizal's mikvah is. You will not die without doing tshuva, which means you'll do chuvah before you die. And most people, you know, I guess know themselves. their Deimaris. And therefore, a person wants to make sure that he does not die without doing shura in that case. Rav Adas used to complain. He used to say people fail to realize that they have the ability, listen carefully, to immerse in the Arizal's mikvah every single day of our lives. He says you can turn your life, your home, your room into a mikvah by remaining calm. When you don't react to other people's. Insults to other people's complaints, to other people's reactions, whatever it may be, for exercising restraint, he says, has the same spiritual cleansing as immersing in the Arizal's mikveh and brings kapora and brings bracha to his life. Okay? that is from Rav Adas so that's an incredible idea that a person should remember, it was an afternoon once uh, right before Pesach and Erev Yom Tov Erev Pesach is always a busy time it's like a stressful time, there's a lot to do a lot to get organized, so it was Erev Yom Tov before Pesach and um, the Vishnitzah Rebbe was in the bakery baking matzahs as is the meaning of many of the tzaddikim and the rebels, as they go Erev Yom Tov, they sing Halal, and they make their matzahs for Seder night, so there he was and the Rebbe not- noticed that one of the supervisors, one of the people uh, over there, shouted at one of the people baking the matzahs, not for being carefully, not for being careful enough. I guess he did something that wasn't 100% right. And the supervisor was screaming at him, saying, what are you doing? You have to be careful, you know, whatever it is, right? The Rebbe went over to him and says, you must never, ever shout. You've got to be very, very careful. So the, uh, the, the supervisor defended himself. He said, Rebbe, hello, a master of hummus, I've got to be careful. A uh, master of hummus is awesome. So the Rebbe said, you're absolutely right. But the minutest amount of caste, of anger, is even greater than the issa of a little bit of chomets. They say this Misa over by, I think this is Rabbi, I don't remember who exactly it was, but one of the Tverskis, that he was sinning the night, and um, he had spent weeks and weeks and weeks with um, cleaning the house and going through every single minutest corner, because it was on the Arizal, that you know if a person doesn't have the minutest amount of chomets, then he doesn't in the whole year, and he was busy with that. And there he was, sitting with his beautiful white, fresh kittle, and everything around the table, and everything is perfect. And his grandson walks into Seder night holding a beer, smiling. You can imagine. He's sitting there in the Seder night, where right? he spent weeks and weeks preparing the whole house, yeah? Everything is perfect. And his grandson, it's not like they found a pretzel in the corner. He walks in with a beer, right, into Seder night. So he... Gently, calmly, he gets up and he says, My dear yankalo or whatever his name is, would you mind to put down the bit? So he puts down the bit, sure. Right? he asks me, why not? Sure, I guess he doesn't doesn't know what he's done wrong, he's four years old or whatever it may be. And uh she takes a bowl and he like Dalocha says, and coffin of Klee takes a bowl and he overturns it onto the bit onto the, you know, the bottle, then he goes back to sit back and he says to his grandson my dear young clan I want to thank you so much for uh, being, en- enabling me to be Makaim the Gemara the Gemara says that if you find Chometz on Pesach they cough over Vaklit so thank you for being you know enabling me to do that now how many people would react that way how many people say oh my gosh how could this be have you done blah, 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 and you're blaming this one you bl- did you check your room no 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 calm when a person works on himself when a person realizes who runs the world and what he is, then all of a sudden, anger doesn't have a place. And it's easy to cope with the anger. And the the damage that anger can do is incredible. Be'ez Hashem tomorrow, we're going to continue.